I have experienced um, some Americans that's been out of the country the first time in their life, and they are great because I always click. I always get. I can always tell. Oh, you're American. You're Canadian <laughs> because I definitely connect a lot better with Americans because you Americans are、um, fun. It's gonna be a really neat behind the scenes. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is so weird. Because something always magical happens. Wait, what? Did you just make that up? Hey, it's Meredith for real, the curious introvert. Listen each week as I talk with someone new. The topics are as ADD as I am, but they'll inspire you to stay curious and grow. Hey, curiositers, it's me, Meredith. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you're a returning listener, seriously. There are a jillion podcasts out there. The fact that you came back to me means everything. And if you're new here, welcome. I started this podcast in 2019 as a project to inspire people to choose curiosity over judgment. And I especially like shining light on people who either defy category or are a paradox. Each guest brings a personal development opportunity along with their story, so you can stay curious and grow. And I love, 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 love culture comparison episodes like this one because it really broadens our worldview. It's so easy to feel like our neighborhood is the whole world because with our daily routines and you know algorithms, it's so easy to become insular. And a peek inside another culture, it just brings energy and perspective, and in this case, a lot of. Good laughs. You're gonna love it. Enjoy the show. My next guest immigrated to the United States from Taiwan when she was 15 years old. She and I met when her family hired me at their restaurant to be a hostess. She taught me some Chinese words, and I taught her some English words. Mostly just the word "thong." I thought that was really important at the time, <laughs> but we also discussed cultural comparisons, and because that's not. Something everyone gets an opportunity to do. I wanted to make this episode with her for you. Now she's back in Taiwan, and she's the owner operator of an American-themed bar. Today, she's going to share her observations of Taiwan versus U.S. culture in the areas of drinking, dating, communication, family, and food. She's a workhorse and a party girl, Taiwanese and American. Nikki Hardwick, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, my twenty years friend of twenty years of friends. So we've known each other since we were two, right? Exactly, because neither of us are really telling our age. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking to the future whenever we video chat because it's tomorrow there. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm way ahead of you. Sorry. <laughs> well, I'm excited to compare、um, cultures for my audience because it is—it's special, you know. It's a perspective that not everyone gets to have, and I think it's a perspective not everyone knows that they should seek out. So, I was kind of hoping that we could start by you sharing your perspective on what you thought Americans would be like while you were still in Taiwan, prior to me moving to America. Yes. Um, I I had always thought Americans were very open because、uh, when I was growing up, I watched shows like Beverly Hills 90210. So I had this like 
uh, picture in my head that uh, Americans were just, they would do whatever, they could do whatever they wanted to do. Um, they're fun. Uh, sexually, they're very open. So <laughs> because, because of the show and uh, uh, Americans were a lot less reserved than the Taiwanese. Um, and I think easier to make friends with and easier to get along with. That's, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. But I was also only 15 years old and based my entire idea of Americans on a TV show. So, uh, <laughs> so I don't think I was very, I, that was very accurate at the time. Well, you're not the only one. I spoke with a woman who immigrated from India as a grad level student, and she thought America would be like friends. Oh, right. Right. Everybody looked just like Rachel. Well, she thought that her dorm situation would be similar and that she would go make friends that easily. But <laughs> I think it's it's pretty common for all of us to view another culture th through the lens of, you know, media and television. So. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Well, in the area of communication, obviously, the first thing is the language barrier. It's the first step. So how would you describe your level of English when you moved to the U.S.? Uh, it was pretty much ground zero. I, had, <laughs> I could not speak. I could probably say thank you. And if people ask me, how are you? I, I will only have one answer, which was why learning school, I'm fine. Thank you. That was all, the only thing I could say. It didn't matter if I was having a really bad day, just wanting to uh, kill myself or kill other people. I would still go fine. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was always, I'm fine. Thank you. Um, so I couldn't speak a word of English before I moved to the States. That was, uh, yeah. It was pretty much it. And Mandarin has, as you taught me, Mandarin has lots of different um, tonal. Wait, how do you how do you say thong? Have you do you can you can you say it now? In Taiwan, in Chinese. In Ch yeah, yeah. No, I don't. Did you ever teach me that? You can teach me now. Well, I thought that's what you wanted to learn. <laughs> oh, oh no, actually, that's what I wanted to learn. So yeah. we, I never really taught you it in return. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, but I remember that moment very, very clearly. And I remember you telling me that um, the word for rice, um, for example, right. that if you say it with an upward tonal inflection, it means one thing straight across. It means another yeah. and straight down. It means another. And they're, so they're, I'm just curious, you know, because that was, that was really hard for me to understand with my Western trained mind. Um, what do you remember? Intonation, right? Yeah. Inton well, intonation is another thing too, but like, um, the word y'all taught me was fawn. I know. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not pronouncing it right, but isn't that? That's an English word. You, <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to Merida. Okay. <laughs> Let's well, learn English. <laughs> well, clearly I need to go back to Mandarin 101, but do you remember, um, some of the more challenging aspects of the English language that when you were trying to get your bearings? Well, learning English wasn't all that. I think it came naturally because if you are emerged in like uh, the environment, like I was thrown into a high school that no one could speak my language. And um, I was also a teenager and I was desperately trying to fit in, trying to make friends, trying to, 
get to know boys. Uh, so it was a lot easier for me to pick up the language from just hanging out with people. Um, but at first, it was a lot of setbacks because um, I couldn't really understand what um, what was going on in school, English class, math class, actually math. I excelled because y'all are very slow on math. Uh, when I was going to high school, <laughs> I, I kid you now. When I was going to high school in America, um, what I was learning in America, I had already learned in third grade in Taiwan. That hurts. So, and the the math teacher knew it too. He, it was very funny. He went, um, so how like. One thousand three hundred forty-three plus nine hundred forty-three, and he just immediately turned around and go, Nikki, what is it? And I just went, it is blah 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 blah. He went, ah, I knew it. <laughs> it's so stereotypical. Um, yeah. So other than math, everything was just like all of a blur to me. But I still got to be graduating, so it just means uh, American system <laughs> education system is just downright easy <laughs> up up to college. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. We definitely, I, we, I think, in the overall spectrum of the American system or the educational system rankings globally, we're we're pretty low. We definitely have room for improvement. And I think it's, that's one of the reasons that I think um, gaining some more global perspective in all areas, but definitely in the areas of like education could be really beneficial. Like uh, I, I think it's wrong, a wrong approach to just think that the way you do things is the best simply because you think you're the best, you know, it's, it's important to go, Oh, look what they're doing. That's a great idea. I'll do this. Oh, this isn't working. Let's change it. Yeah. I think a lot of it is cultural too. You know, American family definitely like emphasize on building your self-confidence. Um, you're good no matter what you do. Uh, and which is great, which is wonderful. It's it's a wonderful thing. Like everybody needs a boost in confidence, and and but I think you do have to realize that. I mean, people are good at different stuff. It's not possible that you're good at everything, and you don't probably don't deserve to be praised on things that you're not very good at. I mean, you know what I mean. And yeah. I think in the Asian culture, it's definitely a little too extreme on the other side. But um, if you can find like somewhere in the middle, I think it'd be perfect. Yeah. So you think it's not just the educational system, but it's also kind of that, you know, what might be considered coddling and giving you know, participation awards. I guess you could say that holds <laughs> the American students back. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, yeah, basically, it's, it's down to that. And it's encouraging the freedom of speech as well, and it, which is great. Like, I think you should be encouraged to speak in class. Um, but you can, I mean, there is a, a limit, you can't interrupt other people, and it's just rude. And you can, if you let everybody speak, how do you get anything done? So I think, um, and, and, and that was what was so, so great about America when I first moved there. And I, I was very, very surprised. I went, wow, you could speak in class. You could tell a teacher what you think instead of just being told to shut up. There's no, no, no talking in class. And, and that's, that's wonderful about the American education system. It's definitely to teach you to have uh, critical thinking like, or to express your own 
concerns and your opinions about what you're learning. That's really interesting because that was not something that I would ever, I even knew that in another classroom in Taiwan that you just have to sit and absorb. You're not allowed to ask questions or, or say what you think about, you know, Macbeth. <laughs> yeah, that's very or Confucius. Yes, <laughs> or Confucius. Yeah, I yeah. would think that I would probably be taking a nap. I pro- I wasn't into that at all. But that brings up an interesting point about the like communication style as well. And you've noticed some other things about like American versus Taiwanese um, culture in the area of how we communicate and what we say. Yeah. Um, I think Americans are definitely like straight to the point. Um, I love that. I love that about the Americans because um, a lot of times I think it, it, another. Like, I always trace it back to culture. Asians are a lot more reserved. You would think of someone in a certain way, and and you won't let them know. But Americans will let, tell you right out in the face. Um, I think there are pros and cons because I always say, um, I always use this example. When you go out to eat with your American friends, um, everybody order their own food and they pay for their own food. Um, in, in Taiwan or in a lot of Asian countries, you go out and you go, oh, no, I got this. I got this. I will pay for this whole meal. But then here in Taiwan, we will remember I pay for this meal. You better remember that next time. If you didn't, you, you, we would badmouth you and you're cheap and you don't appreciate. And, and well, yeah. So, so, I mean, why, why do it in a complicated way? Just be simple. I mean, this is why you, you, you order and you pay for it. So I, I like that kind of out in the open, more communicative way of uh, the American way. Does that uh, lack of less, I guess not lack, but the, does the less forward approach to communication also apply in Taiwanese culture to dating? Like if you liked somebody and you were attracted to them, then it would be more culturally taboo to just be like, hey, dude, I like you. Let's go out sometime. I say uh, the younger generations are definitely changing uh, Sad, sadly to say I'm not part of them. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but I think, I mean, there's still like this cultural taboo that maybe girls don't really ask for, for, uh, for a date. Um, they wait for the guys to, to come to them. I mean, I think that's pretty universal. I mean, we still do play a little bit of games to say, oh, yeah, well, there's like a three-day rule. You don't call people. You don't call back. Um, but uh, yeah, definitely. I think I think um, Asians are a little more reserved. You wait to, for boys to ask you out, basically. Were you allowed to date Still. as a teenager? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, my parents didn't. My, my parents were very open-minded. They, uh, of course, they wanted me to look for a rich Asian doctor. Uh, <laughs> That's really yeah. specific. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Not a dentist, but doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against dentists. I'm so sorry. <laughs> right, right. Um, right. Um, yeah, my, 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 I mean, I think, I think still nowadays, like a lot of, I, I still hear it from a lot of Asian parents saying that, oh, yeah, well, maybe uh, you should, you should find someone that can provide for you. 
um, you don't have to make a career of yourself. And that is, I think, still more prevalent than America. Definitely. Well, and you said you they wanted you to to marry another Asian person. And so that's also that's that's something that could have could be different in more American families than Taiwanese families where, you know, we're all, you know, we have multi-ethnic backgrounds, a lot of us. So not me. I'm like white mixed with some more white and some different white and northern white. <laughs> but but um, I don't know that, you know, parents in America would necessarily say that they wanted you to date another person from the same, you know, heritage. I think it's a lot of it's cultural because uh, like my, I, I learned my English in America, but my parents never really, they, I mean, my parents, my aunts, uncles live in America for 30, 40 years, but they did not mingle with outsiders a lot. Um, they, they, they hung out with family and friends who, who spoke Chinese. So, so a lot of them don't speak English as fluently as I do or my cousins do. Um, and they feel like they can never really truly understand someone if they can't understand them, like if they can't communicate in the same language. So I think, um, I think that is why a lot of Asian parents, especially the first generation um, of immigrants do not want their children to to be going out or being married to another uh, people from another culture. But uh, I mean, it's all changing as well. Like my family is pretty much a melting pot now. My cousin, I'm married to a a white person, a British guy. Um, My cousins are dating Americans. One of my cousin's uh, girlfriend is, black American. So they're going to have a black and East baby. <laughs> so, right. Um, and yeah, well that she's pregnant. So it's, it's all pretty much, uh, melting. And like, even I think because through the time change, even the older generation are becoming more accept, accepting towards different cultures now. Hey everyone, just a quick interruption to show gratitude to our sponsors and give you some special deals. So I don't have kids, but I also want to tell you about It's Your Magazine. They're a national family-centered publishing company with free parent magazines. They have parenting advice, events, and inspiration. I'm actually in a networking group with a publisher, and this guy is all about family. You can view a free magazine in cities in Texas, Oregon, Washington, and Florida by checking them out at itsyourmagazine.com. And insect. So I've always felt iffy about pesticides. Then the mosquitoes got so bad, I would get covered in them from walking from my house to the car. I called Insect, and to say I've been impressed is an understatement. When the treatment wasn't quite doing it, the owner actually came to my house. He found the breeding sites, identified the species of mosquito, and adjusted my treatment to that species. That's when I found out he's also a beekeeper, and pollinator issues are always top of mind. So if you're in the Florida Panhandle or Gulf Coast of Alabama, give him a call, ensec.net. Now back to the show. There's definitely um, different, I noticed different family dynamics. You're talking about family. When I was working with you at the restaurant, um, 
that was something that really stood out to me. I'm curious as a as a teenager, you know, your parents your parents were obviously very open minded. Um, but as a teenager, any teenager can feel like their parents control their whole lives. Did you notice any difference between the other students in your school, their parents versus your parents in as far as like how the family was run and their parenting styles? Yeah, I mean, I think Americans are definitely more, they show their affection a lot more. I hear all the time, even with you and your parents, I remember coming over to your house and you and your parents were always like, oh, I love you, mom. I love you. I love you. You don't hear that kind of language around my household. And, and uh, so I, 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 I love that about the Americans always saying, uh, oh, I love you, mom. I love you, dad. I love you, my daughter. Um, and that, that's great. That, that is like the showing of affection. I think it's very important. Um, and, and it's, it's pretty, um, pretty much conceived in the, the Asian culture. You don't really show your affections. But on the other hand, we also don't offend our parents the same way that Americans would. Um, you, would you even go, screw you, dad. You don't know anything about me in my <laughs> life. Leave me alone. We, we don't. I mean, there are some ex- exceptions, but in general, we don't exchange in that kind of language. So I think Americans are definitely more extreme. You would sit down and talk about each other's feelings and that kind of stuff is generally not, not, not happening here in, in Taiwan or in, in mainland China either, I guess. I definitely noticed that there was a lot more respect for elders in like just being around your, your family members. Yes. Um, we do, we have this, uh, I think it, it, it's probably building or it maybe it was like, just like an uh, instilled value that's from a very young age, you're told to always respect elderly people. And you, yeah, I mean, from bowing to always say, whenever you're walking on the street with your parents, you see like an elderly person, they will always give you a nudge saying, Oh yeah. Say hello to uncle. So, so say hello to in so-and-so you have to, it's, it's like a, it's like the thing that you just do automatically and you give them a title in the end, like auntie in, in, in Chinese or uncle in Chinese, just to show your respect to elderly people. It doesn't mean yeah. you're related to them. It's just no, like it's re- ma'am. Yes, basically. And uh, it's, it's really annoying because you could like, if it's very annoying because if you get to a certain age, like for me, they would call me like sister, which is like an older sister. Um, but when you get a little older, like me now, you get called auntie. So like at the, at the turning point that someone started calling me auntie, I, I went, oh, I'm a sister, not an auntie. <laughs> Still respect me, but get it right. Respect me, but yeah. Still yeah. keep me in the sister category. That's please. disrespectful. <laughs> auntie is very disrespectful. <laughs> So tell me about uh, some food, because I was surprised when we were talking about this beforehand, you were like, can we talk about some food? And I said, absolutely. Let's talk about food. So what's the big deal with food 
in Taiwan compared to the USA? Why is that a different thing that matters? Food is such a huge culture here in Taiwan. Everything is food, 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 food. You know, like instead of saying、uh, "Hello, how are you?" People ask you, "Have you eaten?" as a greeting. Yeah,、really? absolutely. It's weird. It doesn't matter what time, what time of the day. So it would be like two o'clock in the afternoon. They would go, "Have you eaten?" And if I were to be honest, I'd be like, "Of course not." Two o'clock in the afternoon. What are you talking about? I've eaten my breakfast and lunch. I mean, why is that important? But that's how important food culture is in Asia. And、um, say if we were to go to like a A, a, a very scenic place, say、uh, the equivalency to the Yellowstone National Park or Niagara Falls in America. In here in Taiwan, to be somewhere like the Salmon Lake, which is like a beautiful lake in the middle of Taiwan. Say if you went for a weekend and you came back, you talk to your friends about your weekend in Salmon Lake. They the first question they would have is is Hey, did you eat the famous Uh, tea eggs or the famous dumplings when you were there, not that. Have you? What What was the scenery like? Oh, what was it like? It's not. It's always about food, 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 food. And on the way there, if you were to go with a Taiwanese friend, you would have to stop five times for some famous snack on the way. <laughs> I kid you not. It's ridiculous. That's so funny. That was definitely not. A part of American culture, although you know, I think we're up to like eighty percent obesity rate or something. So you, people might be surprised to hear, for my international listeners, that that is not a part of American culture.、Um, although we do have some things that we talk about, like here, this is so American. Bucky's. Do you know what Bucky's is? Bucky's is a new. I I don't know. It's new to me, but it's、um, very much like in the Alabama, Florida area, and it is a gas station. But it has <laughs> <laughs> gas station. Oh my god, I I miss gas stations in America so much. Why? Oh god, mail me like half a dozen of those powdered donuts and like a <laughs> big fountain drink for ninety nine cents. Does it still exist? <laughs> yes, unfortunately,、oh, they exist. No, They're terrible.、So、and beef jerky too. Maybe I'll mail you some beef jerky. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, that's funny that you said beef jerky because that's what Bucky's has. So it is giant. I mean, a giant, giant place. And when you walk in, there is a Beef jerky bar, so it's almost like a buffet, and you pick which beef jerky you want. So they've got all different kinds and all different seasonings. They have like a whole sandwich area. There's just like basically crappy processed food everywhere, but it's still delicious. And <laughs> don't and, be, don't be, don't feel guilty. <laughs> and there's um just you know. Touristy stuff that you can buy, and people make Bucky's a destination, and so that might be like the American version of that. So if you ever come visit me here in Florida, I will totally、Aww. take you and your husband to Bucky's, and we will have a good laugh about it. We'll video it for all your friends back in Taiwan. Oh my god, sounds like heaven! All right, that's it. I'm getting on my, the next flight to go to Bucky's. <laughs> Not even America. I'm just going to Bucky's, and then I'm coming right back. I love it. So, talk to me about drinking culture. How is it different in Taiwan compared to the U.S.? Oh, you Americans can drink. I'm telling you. <laughs>、uh, 
Well, I mean, again, like the, with the younger generation, people definitely start drinking a lot more here in Taiwan. But traditionally, it's still like there is a, still a little bit of taboo. It's what 100% legal drinking is legal in Taiwan, but. Um, Taiwanese people definitely don't drink as much, and they cannot drink as much. We talk about this Asian flash all the time, don't uh, uh, at the bar. So Asian people, I think we react to alcohol a lot more different than uh, um, I think we're just not built to drink. I think physically we're a lot smaller. Um, so I mean, I own a bar on a beach, and I get all kinds of different customers. And the reason I opened an American theme bar is because I want to attract more foreigners. Because if I only do business with the Taiwanese people, I might be closed pretty soon. Because <laughs> Taiwanese people, they, they're lovely, great. They love having a good time. They just can't drink as much. Americans can drink so much more. And I, they definitely out-drink, outdrink Taiwanese people. And, and also, like, um, Taiwanese people have this... Uh, um, this idea that they drink to get drunk. So they would go, oh, right, uh, come on. Let, let's say they, they want to go cheers, which means like they would go ganbei, uh, which means bottoms up. Um, and they want to, they want to like jostle with their friends, just go ahead and drink, 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 drink. And an hour later, they're on the floor. <laughs> As opposed to American, you would just uh chit chat to each other, drink another one. You don't need people to push you to drink and you, you, you can drink on your own and you can finish about 10 bottles of beer in two, three hours. That, that so, is the truth. I have witnessed that. I can't drink like that, but, but I have plenty of people around me that definitely fit exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Americans definitely drink more. <laughs> so, and Americans also don't travel as much as the rest of our fellow Earthlings. Um, and I think we miss out on a lot. Um, what do you think would change about American culture if we did travel more often? I think Americans are lovely. I really, really, really love Americans. I think America, I, I've always gotten along with um, a lot of, most of my friends are Americans. Um, and I think Americans are very open-minded. They just need to see other cultures. They just need to, and, and um, some Americans that are like a lot of times if I met them in Taiwan, it's the first time uh, uh, they travel or because we get a lot of English teachers that, that when they graduate from the university, they want to travel abroad, uh, abroad. They choose to go to a country to teach English for one year. And that's how they experience uh, living abroad. And I have experienced um, some Americans that being out of the country the first time in their life. And they are great because I always click. I always get, I can always tell, oh, you're American. You're Canadian. <laughs> because I definitely connect a lot better with Americans because you, Americans are um, fun. I think that's one way to, to uh, Canadians are great too. I love, I love, a lot of my friends are Canadian. You can hear Americans coming, right? Yes. We were loud, a little loud. Obnoxious, yeah. but very fun. <laughs> I love how honest that is. 
<laughs> but very fun, very fun people. And I think if you, because you are already like honest and fun. So, so if you get to experience more cultures, you get to learn a lot more and you are already open-minded and it makes it, I think you don't want people to call you ignorant. The only reason you would be ignorant is because you just don't know. And if you have the opportunity to see the world, to meet different people, to, to understand it for different cultures, um, that's, that's, that's priceless, I think. Yeah. I agree. What do you feel like having seen both of the world of Taiwan and uh, the American world, what could we learn from each other? What are the takeaways from both cultures that if you combine them would be a huge asset? I think definitely to learn about the openness in America, see what you say, what you see um, and be fun, enjoy life a little more. Don't think about, Oh, I need, I'm, I'm young. I need to work, 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 save, save money until, until when like American mentality is that, Oh, I live at the moment. And that is wonderful. You, you don't worry about um, what, what tomorrow might bring. I mean, my bring a pandemic that stop you from doing any activity. Um, that is what the Taiwanese can really learn of Americans. And from Americans perspective, I think the humbleness, the kindness of uh, Asian culture, Taiwan in particular, Taiwanese people are the most generous. They would do things for you without asking anything in return. And I think Americans are not, not saying they're not generous in kind, they're more guarded. They don't trust people that easily. Maybe it's because the higher crime, not as safe in the society. Um, so they don't trust people as much as the Taiwanese people. Taiwanese people will find your wallet, turn it in, not even just turn it in, help find the owner and call and help the police phone it in. And you can always leave, not always, but you can leave your, your key in your scooter and forgetting, forget about it and come back. You'll still be there. And even better, they will pull it out and put it in the compartment just so other people don't see it. And, and, and that kind of helping people that you don't know and, and um, without asking for anything in, in return, that kind of humbleness, that, that, that kind of kindness is something that Americans can really learn of, of the, the Asian culture, I think. I think you're right. This is awesome. I could talk about this subject forever. I'm so glad that we were able to connect. And although I'm sorry that we have time to do this because your bar is closed right now due to the pandemic. <laughs> but um, do you want to give uh, the listeners a shout out about your bar in case they come visit you after the borders are open and want to come see you? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Uh, my bar is located in... Uh, the southern tip of Taiwan. It's called Cowboys Beach Farm Grill in Kanding. Um, it's one of the. It's located on one of the most beautiful beach. Um, not only because it's beautiful, and also because we keep it that way. Um, our number one goal is environment. So every month we do beach cleaning. Not not because people litter all the time, but a lot of it is brought up by the ocean. So. 
uh, we environment is number one. Uh, number two is we want people to know about Taiwan because I think tourism in Taiwan is so underrated. It's one of the most beautiful places. So if you come, we act as this free tour guides as well. We tell you where to go, how to save money, how to enjoy Taiwanese culture, how to, if you're single, how to mingle with Taiwanese girls, boys, <laughs> and just general great time. Oh, I can't wait to go. I think we yeah. would have a blast. Thank you so much, Nikki. This was awesome. That's a wrap, girl. Woo! Okay, so who wants to go to Taiwan with me now? If you liked this episode, you'll also like the episode with a man who moved from Tehran, Iran to Dallas, Texas. There's some audio issues on that episode, but it's so good. I'm just going to recommend it anyway. <laughs> it's episode 28. You can see other similar episodes on my YouTube channel playlist called Culture Slash Travel. It's youtube.com slash Meredith for real. And if you've been hanging out with me for a while and you want to show me some love, I would be so, so grateful for a five-star rating on Apple. And if you really want to be amazing, you can leave me a short written review there as well. Stay tuned next week for part one of my highly anticipated episode with a couple in their 50s married over 20 years who accidentally became swingers. Talk to you next week. <laughs>